you've asked a doctor, why is this happening to me? And the answer is, we don't know. We want you to remember that doesn't have to be the end of the line. Our mission here on When Doctors Say We Don't Know is to learn how to use all types of medicines so we can stop thinking the answer is the diagnosis. You have a choice to go beyond. This is an inclusive conversation. You'll hear insights from doctors, tips from practitioners, and stories from people just like you who are frustrated with the status quo of the health industry. Listen to how they found ways to cross the dividing line and reach out for true health beyond diagnosis. Because sometimes what we've been taught is healthcare is keeping us sick. Welcome to the show. My name is Eva Venari, founder of the Elevate Institute, and I'll be your host for today's podcast. When doctors say we don't know is an inclusive conversation, and so many are craving to share their stories, experiences, and today's guest is no exception. Today's honored guest is Gail Lynn. And at the age of 37, Gail's dream of making a difference in the world was rudely shattered. The accumulated stress of two challenging relationships and three extremely competitive careers in the automotive, telecommunications, and film industries whew, had <laughs> disseminated her physical, emotional, and psychological reserves. I hear that. Leaving her with medical diagnosis of severe cardiovascular stress, she is now an author and in inventor of the harmonic egg, which is giving thousands of people new hope for a quality of life they never imagined. And what a great story that is all by itself. Gail, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited about this topic. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, we're all curious. What made you raise your hand when you saw, hey, when doctors say we don't know is a new podcast, what made you say, I want to be a part of this? Well, I know we only have a half hour, so I'll just <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, when I was 17, and I am now 50, just turned 50. Uh, when I was 17, I ha started getting migraines and um, tried, I was on a journey until about 37 years old to try to figure out why do people get migraines. And uh, every doctor I went to said, we don't know, you know, so that's where this all started on my health journey. And then uh, ultimately found sound and light therapy and um, uh, help with balancing the autonomic nervous system, detoxing heavy metals, parasite cleanses. And I don't, I haven't had a migraine for 10 years. Oh my goodness. Well, that sounds like a rigorous regime. Um, where do you start when you have something? Yeah. How do you, how did you start? How did you figure all that out? Well, you know, it was a series of, you know, like a process of elimination. Um, but what I did notice is the severe cardiovascular stress and the verge of having a heart attack at age 37 really opened my eyes to, I need to make some changes in my life because if I don't, I'm not going to be here long enough to, uh, you know, to experience the stuff that I want to experience. And so I found sound and light therapy and um, heart rate variability testing. It's kind of a gold standard in testing the autonomic nervous system, which is your, your nervous system has a rest and digest and a fight or flight, or some people know it as uh, sympathetic and parasympathetic, mm -hmm. where the sympathetic is your fight or flight and the parasympathetic is your rest and digest. 
And when I did the heart rate variability test and it showed severe cardiovascular stress on the verge of a heart attack and was told I had the heart of an 80 year old. Oh my um, God. Yeah. It kind of made me take note and say, okay, what I'm doing isn't working and I got to make some changes. So I um, found sound and light therapy in, uh, in a little place in Arizona, Cottonwood, Arizona. And within a weekend, my heart rate variability had returned to normal. So my sympathetic and parasympathetic were in balance. And as an engineer, I couldn't wrap my head around how could resting in a chamber with sound and light actually do anything. <laughs> Right. It, it, it is against what we are told is called healthcare to be healthy. Right. Yeah. Right. So you obviously, you came to peace with it at some point. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So that's part, that was part of the journey, but then you mentioned things like cleanses, par parasite cleansing, and you said a few other things. So I started researching migraines and I knew that my migraines had gotten better with the sound and light therapy. And I knew that it rebooted my autonomic nervous system. So there is a correlation between um, an imbalance in the ANS or the autonomic nervous system and migraine headaches. So that dove me in deeper. Uh -huh. There was also a correlation with heavy metals. So I, I did um, a 24 hour urine challenge with doctor's data, and it would show that I had thallium, um, cadmium, nickel, lead, tin, mercury. I'm like, holy cow. So did a um, heavy metal detox, which we won't get into because there's an hour long conversation about that. Yes. <laughs> Don't I know it? <laughs> so, um, so I did that and I thought, oh my gosh, I realized I worked in automotive. I built DC motors. I soldered, um, I welded. And of course my dad worked for automotive. So I thought, well, there's gotta be a correlation between heavy metals and migraines. Found that, a lot of that. And then I had been to, uh, I had Montezuma's Revenge when I was in Mexico, when I was in my twenties. I had steak tartar, which is raw steak in Egypt. Not real smart, you know, when you're in your twenties. Um, you know? <laughs> so um, when I, I was um, working with a lot of doctors and one doctor brought to my attention, you probably have parasites. And I didn't really know that was a thing. Uh, did a parasite cleanse. So over those, the process of doing that, I realized all those things have correlations with migraines. And so, you know, haven't had a migraine for 10 years. And I can't tell you there was one of those three things that did get rid of the migraines or if it was the combination of all, doing all three, but I feel like it was more the combination of, of taking care of all three. And um, the stuff can't, that came out in the toilet after my parasite cleanse was quite nasty. Oh, goodness. Well, I'm glad this is audio only. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know that kind of stuff can live inside somebody. Well, it, yeah, it can take up an awful lot of real estate in the intestinal tract and cause all kinds of damage. I mean, that's uh, me too, firsthand experience. But, you know, to hear the stories about Montezuma's revenge in Mexico and having the steak tartare in Egypt, it may instill a fear in some people. Well, maybe I should never travel. No, I love, right? travel. I I love, love traveling travel. too. I, I love going to ancient <laughs> civilizations. It's, it's all about, you know, finding out what, 
what others did before us. And I love that. Yeah. And it's like, it can put a little bit of instill a little fear in people to just sit still, don't travel, be safe, you know, take my medication. And, but you're offering um, opportunity to get beyond all of that. Maybe would you consider, even though you've, you've reached the other side of this, this healing journey to a point now, do you feel that way? Do you feel like, oh, I don't want to venture out? Absolutely not. I have zero fear. I have four international, maybe five international trips scheduled next year. I love life. I have more energy since I've, you know, detoxed the metals and gotten rid of the parasites. And I do sound and light therapy once a week. I mean, I have tons of energy. I live in gratitude. I live in love and, and, you know, love being the highest frequency. I don't want to say I'm invincible, but I don't feel like, um, I feel like disease lives at a low vibration, not a high frequency or a high vibration. And so I feel pretty safe, um, when I travel and when I get exposed to, you know, possible, diseases or, you know, flu viruses. I feel amazing. Well, in, in, in that exposure, I'm, you may not even be aware of the things that you were exposed to and your body's fighting it off because you're, you're keeping yourself at such a high level. So what, what do you do now to keep yourself there? You mentioned the harmonic aid. Let's, let's talk about that. Um, yeah, I don't want this to be more, I don't want That's this okay. to be a sales call, but yeah. you know, I, I invented the harmonic egg because sound and light therapy saved my life. And the first um, device I used was more of a rectangular box, uh, more of a light box. And I evolved it to a egg shape. So you're actually sitting in a zero gravity position inside of a large wooden egg with the vibrations and the sound waves of musical instruments and the nanometers of the colors. And um, all of that in a combination is like five modalities in one. You have frequencies, you have vibrations, you have sound, sound waves, you have light waves, and then you have a resonance where it's that wah, it's not mm. dissipating into the ether, you're actually containing it. So with I, I did have Lyme disease. I had, I had been diagnosed with Lyme disease. When I see people with Lyme disease that go into the egg and that resonance, there's nowhere for the Lyme to hide. So people will do microcurrent, rife frequencies, different things. But if it hurts in your wrist, the Lyme is so smart, it'll bounce to your shoulder. And then you hit the shoulder, it bounces to your hip or your knee. And so I feel like in this immersive experience in the harmonic egg, it has nowhere to hide. And I recently had a, a client come in with Lyme and he said, can I ever, you know, eradicate it completely from my body? And the answer to me to, that I gave him is no. Um, I feel like we all have these different ailments that are, you know, harboring in our body. They're, they're, they're present for us to possibly express someday, but if we keep our immune system healthy, we can keep all these things dormant and we'll never have issues with them, you know, in our lifetime. I mean, that, that's a low, that's a loaded statement and so wise and yet so misunderstood and so misguided by our present medical system, the way that it's the hunt and kill method, which is basically not supporting the immune system, but rather saying, we know better, we're going to give you a shot, we're going to tell you this, take this drug instead, and basically disempower the immune system. So there, there's got to be, a uh, we're headed on this journey of choosing a different way. 
and I, I love the whole setup and the whole idea that if you just support your immune system, it's going to take care of you because yes, me, I believe that too. I think that's, that's the cornerstone to our body's existence and that beautiful confidence that you'd carry with you when you travel all over the world. Yeah. I love it. I mean, I have no fear, um, you know, with all the stuff going on with COVID, I don't live in fear. I'm not being um, Pollyanna about it. I'm not uh, just, you know, walking into people's coughs or anything like that, Right. Um, but I don't live in any fear. And I am so sad to see so many people living in fear of this um, flu, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I feel like fear compromises the immune system. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, and just touching back on the initial part of your bio, talking about living a life out of alignment, if you will, those, the wrong lifestyle choices, the wrong, the, the, the uh, living with, and I'm assuming that the difficult relationships were toxic in some way. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's kind of talk a little bit around that. And you also mentioned about something that's been latent or living in the body for years and then popping up all of a sudden. So yeah, let me bring that up. But no, I mean, I feel like, you know, I'll kind of circle back to that. But you know, when um, I was diagnosed with Lyme disease, it was after a very stressful period. And I see a lot of college kids come in with Lyme because they're stressed out, they're not sleeping, they're partying, they're in a new world where they're having to study all the time. And it's, it's a different challenge. And this kind of trauma will, will allow these viruses to rear their ugly heads after, you know, the stressful period or a trauma. So speaking of a trauma, so I got into a major car accident in 2016. 2017, my dad passed away from, I believe, mesothelioma, but they diagnosed him as COPD. Mm-hmm. And then 11 weeks later, my mom passed away from a very unexpected brain aneurysm. Oh my goodness. And I feel like those, my mom and dad were medical error deaths. And I can, you know, I can talk to that if we have time, but definitely medical error deaths. And there's what, 250 to 500,000 medical error deaths, depending on where you look at what the numbers are Mm -hmm. each year. I mean, this is ridiculous. So I get diagnosed with asbestosis, which is crazy. So what was happening is the nail, my nail beds were like a shade of bluish purple. And this happened right after my mom died. So the car accident, dad dies, mom dies, boom. I did not, I asked, I talked to 15 doctors. If I talked to one, medical doctors, DOs, NDs, um, uh, uh, Chinese medicine doctors, acupuncturists, uh, anybody I could talk to, no one knew anything. I recently ran into a London-based medical doctor who now practices Ayurvedic medicine here in Boulder, Colorado. And she said, you have asbestosis. I said, what? Well, my dad worked for the Rouge plant, Ford Rouge plant for 30 years, asbestosis, I mean, asbestos plant. Mm-hmm. We lived in an asbestos tiled home, um, which, you know, that tile can contain the asbestos, but we had the back of our house ripped off and, ex- you know, extended, which we didn't move out at the time. Uh-oh. And now the last two weeks I've been researching asbestosis, it can show up 10 to 40 years later. That's, a, that, that's a very 
Yeah, it's a long time for something to remain dormant and in the body banging around causing inflammation. Right. So the three traumas is, you know, it brought this up. So I went on a search to find, you know, did my dad have mesothelioma? I've ordered his medical records. I got, I just finished going through about 50 or 60 pages of medical records last night. Um, I've ordered his doctor records. It just makes me so angry that these doctors knew my father worked in an asbestos plant for 30 years, not one mesothelioma test. Why? Were, were other workers, are you aware of other workers who've had similar journeys? Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, he's up in Uniontown in the Detroit area. And I really feel like the doctors worked together and they didn't want to diagnose him with mesothelioma. So what they did is they made my poor father suffer for years, not being able to breathe. He was, um, you know, on inhaler after inhaler. He's, he was on five pain meds. He was on an antidepressant. He was on nine different drugs because they did not want to treat him properly. The last six months of his life, he lived on sugar. His sugar, his glucose was a, almost 140 when he passed away. And we know that cancer loves sugar. I yes. feel like he was just feeding the cancer, the lung cancer, the mesothelioma, yet they put him on inhalers and pain meds and antidepressants. And he was on oxygen and then hospice care. And I probably can't even talk about this anymore because I'll start crying. Hmm. The poor guy suffered for four years because he gave his life to support a family and knew that he was giving his life. He said he, he would look at the crystal dust particles that were floating in the air at the plant every day for 30 years and no one tested him for mesothelioma. Come on. You know, that's and, and no one at the plant decided to take responsibility and protect their workers from this exposure. That's another another point that um, I would like to think that companies take care to make sure that their employees are at least protected, not only for the bottom line of being sued, but I mean, this, we're talking about human life here. Right. So then that, that goes, that flows into... Um, Migraines do have a, a correlation to asbestosis. My mom had migraines and uh, took Maxalt XLT for probably 20 years. And you know, you're only supposed to take, I think 15 to 20 of those pills a month. And they would prescribe her 30 because she thought she had to have them for these headaches she was getting. So had my dad been properly diagnosed, we probably could have you know, maybe targeted the reason why my mom had so many migraines. Um, but this, this Maxalt expands and contracts the blood vessels in the brain. And you can only pull a rubber band back and forth so many times before it snaps. And she had a brain aneurysm and um, passed away right after my dad passed away. So, and I, that's such a, that's a, that's a terrible loss. And it's something that doesn't need to be that kind of learning experience for anybody. Right. Um, both of these situations just makes it, we were talking about your journey and what you've done to overcome a lot of the issues in inflammation in your body, but were your parents aware of the work that you were doing and how you were overcoming yours and were they practicing it with you? Right. Well, they were um, 70 and 71 when they passed. So baby boomers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of this, that generation feels like if the doctors can't fix you, nobody can. 
but we need to start taking responsibility for our own health. We need to start looking into, I mean, who knows your body better than you, right? Yes. So we need to start looking into these things. What is the doctor prescribing me and why? So uh, recently I have a friend who was diagnosed with Parkinson's and um, he said, well, there, I'm on levodopa and I'm on uh, gabapentin. I said, do you have any pain? He says, no. And he said, Gail, I'm getting worse. The tremors were so bad. It broke my heart when I saw him after not seeing him for 11 years. I've got him going to a harmonic egg center. Um, he had a metal taste in his mouth after the first session. And I, I have studied Parkinson's and have found that a lot of Parkinson's is a heavy metal toxic load. Mm -hmm taste in his mouth. The tremors are better. He's off the gabapentin and he's only done two sessions in the egg. He's working out again. And of course, levodopa will deplete B6 from the body. So all drugs in my research will deplete a mineral or a vitamin from the body. And then over time, people don't replenish those minerals or vitamins. And then they don't know a year later that they don't feel well because of the depletion that has happened over that last year. And they don't correlate it to them starting that drug because it was a year ago. Yeah, it was so long ago. And yet and it circles right back to that conversation of the asbestos exposure from childhood, from when you had, well, a bunch of different situations going on, but um, it lay dormant in the body. It's like the whole theory of, well, it hasn't killed me yet. doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it's just a ticking time bomb. Right. So yeah, so I, you know, I definitely have him on, you know, B vitamins, uh, some magnesium, some electrolytes, but you know, so it's not always just one thing. You have to find that combination that works for you. Some people will say, I love to do, you know, physical therapy with the egg. I love to do, uh, you know, massage, but I, I tell them don't do too much because you can actually spin your body out of control with things that are all healthy. You know, if you do acupuncture, Reiki, the egg massage and, uh, and cranial sacral on the same day, you're not really doing yourself a favor. You're, you're confusing your body. You do one, you let it integrate. You do another one, you let it integrate and you respect all these amazing modalities that are now out there that are non-invasive, that are working on our energy field. Everything is energy. Einstein said it, Tesla said it you know, and we're coming into that place of, uh, on the, you know, in the, in our timeline that we need these non-invasive healing modalities, um, to heal. Yeah, I, I agree. And oftentimes I remember in 2000, you, you would perform a Google search of alternative medicine and you'd come up with, you know, decent return, 10,000 different hits, but now it is even more than that. And it's overwhelming. It's like, where does a person start? So in, in your opinion, like how would a person decide, you know what, I, I have received this information from a doctor. Where, where should I start if I have Lyme disease? Or if I, if I look down and I go, oh my, that's me. I have blue uh, cuticles. <laughs> <You know? laughs> where, where should a person start? So my thing is, and I'm completely biased, but my thing is the <laughs> autonomic nervous system is what controls all. It's connected to the spine. It's connected to the brain, the eyes, the lungs, the spleen, the liver, the heart, the pancreas. So I always go to let's reboot the nervous system. We need to create a new normal. So that's what the egg basically, you know, uh, we're, we're, we're doing heart rate variability testing. We can't make any claims 
but we're finding that every single time someone's in the egg, they're rebooting their nervous system. They're creating a new normal. You know, let's create a new normal so that the body doesn't see the cancer or the Parkinson's as normal. We want to reboot the nervous system, like reset the computer and put it back online, put all those systems back online functioning again, you know, as they were when you had a healthy body. That sounds amazing. And if, if somebody hears this interview and says, I want to know more about the harmonic egg or wants to hear more from you and connect with you, how best can they do that? Oh, that's easy. HarmonicEgg.com. So HarmonicEgg.com, we have the locations there, contact page, blog post, interviews I've done. Um, so that's where, that's my go-to place to tell everybody. I sure appreciate you. I didn't even know anything about the harmonic egg until you answered my call for guests. And it was an eye-opening experience. I wished I had been exposed to that on my healing journey. But um, I'm going to be fun to, to try that out. I know a lot of people who have Lyme disease and they've been told by doctor after doctor, there's no cure for this. You will always be on medication. Your, your energy will just decrease and deplete. And if there is a solution out there, then it's our job to get that message out there. So I want to say thank you so much for being on the show and bringing this, you know, to the forefront of the conversation. Thank you. And thank you for the opportunity. I love your work. I love what you're doing. I was honored that you accepted me as a guest. So thank you so much. Absolutely. I'm glad to have you here. And I ask all my <laughs> guests the final question, and this will wrap us up for today, but what do you feel is the most important thing to remember when searching for answers? Oh my gosh. Um, use your intuition to tap into that, you know, innate intuition and see if it resonates with you. You know, so many times we don't feel, follow that gut feeling. So I would say, and this is what I do. I follow my gut. If my, if it doesn't feel right, it doesn't, you know, I might, one of my mottos is let it flow. I say, if it let it, if it doesn't flow, let it go. So I would <laughs> follow your gut and, and, and if it resonates with you, then research it more. If it doesn't move on. Great advice. Thank you so much for the words of wisdom and the beautiful stories, personal stories, very meaningful and um, very, very touching too. So I, I appreciate the sharing and thank you again for being on the show. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you all for listening in on today's podcast, When Doctors Say We Don't Know with Gail Lynn. This has been an engaging conversation yet again. And I'm hopeful that those of you listening will hear that message of hope so you too can turn your experience of pain into triumph. If you're driving or simply can't click on the links to the show notes right now um, or get to the harmonic egg, remember you can always go to the elevateinstitute.com and follow the podcast links for today's show to get the details. There's more to talk about. Tune in next week for another new episode of When Doctors Say We Don't Know. This is Eva Venari reminding you to question everything. <laughs>